0: this is the adoptive mom podcast adoption may look different for each family but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap and that is what we do here we encourage we build up we share the wins and losses we lean on each other and we get through this together thanks for joining us Hello oh, and welcome to another episode of the adoptive mom podcast. I am your host as always Alex Fitton and you can follow me on Facebook at Alex Fitton and the adoptive mom podcast and on Instagram at the adoptive mom. You're listening to season five episode seven and that makes 70 episodes overall. Uh, I think we all know that I like to laugh and although I think of myself as you know somewhat funny like a little bit funny my guest today is like professionally funny. Known as the little guy who generates big laughs, Lucas has shared the stage with Dave Chappelle, Jimmy Fallon, and Kevin Hart. Lucas's high energy shows and hilarious impersonations make him an instant hit with audiences of all ages. And in 2013, Lucas was nominated Comedian of the Year by Campus Activities Magazine. Lucas is also an adoptive dad and has several bits about the most outrageous parts of adoption in his shows. We had an awesome chat, and I can't wait for y'all to hear it. But before that, I wanted to tell you guys something super exciting. AMP has merch. Now y'all, if you follow me on social media, you may have seen me share the new store page of the website, complete with t-shirts, phone cases, mugs, and tote bags. And there's more fun swag to come to check that out as another way to support your favorite podcast, head to the adoptive mom slash shop. Okay, let's get to Lucas. All right, everyone, welcome to the Adopted Mom Podcast, and I'm really excited to have yet another dude on the show. You're one of the few, Lucas. How does that make you
1: feel? Wow. I'm glad that I got told that I was the dude, so that already this podcast (laughs) is off to a win-win, that I got (laughs) lumped into the dude category, and no one has even seen me yet. You haven't seen me try to carry boxes upstairs (laughs) or like do something manly. I'm automatically a dude, so... feel like I'm off to a great start.
0: Yeah, it's a small club. So you know what? No boxes carrying required, you know, just the the DNA is all you need. So that's fine.
1: Good job. That's good. That's good. You're in. Um, Okay,
0: so yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show. And this was a pretty quick turnaround because I... Uh, so I'm, I'll let you get into like your little bio in a second, but you're a stand-up comedian. I saw a, um, a bit that you did about adoption and I reached out and like, now we're doing this recording just a few days later, which is so cool.
1: (laughs) So what's funny about that bit is that like, that's the bit that I filmed for a company called dry bar comedy and it's owned by Mormons and they're super religious and super strict on what you can and can't say. And when I submitted a tape to them. They saw that bit, and they were like, this is fantastic. (laughs) We love this. And I was like, all right, okay, cool. And so we filmed it, and it was awesome. We put it up. Like, every 10th comment is somebody just saying how terrible of a human being I am. Like, (laughs) most of them are all right. They're like, oh, it's great. He's talking about his kids. And every, like, 10th one, there'll be someone like, I can't believe they let him adopt those kids. They're going to have therapy when they get... It, yeah so I love that bit because it's true and it just talks about the honesty of going through this crazy process but it's also like so funny because like you're reading like in real time people absolutely hating your guts so it's just <laughs> it's
0: yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm sure that that's a big part of just your life being a stand-up comedian. I couldn't do it because I'm way too much of a people pleaser and I get hurt by the like yeah. dumbest things. So you got to have tough skin. I'll give you that. But, uh, yeah, just take a second and tell us about you and what you do and your family and all that stuff.
1: So uh, I was a fifth grade teacher in Northern Virginia and, uh, I graduated college with an elementary education degree and moved to wanted to go to New York, but couldn't get a job there. And got a job in Northern Virginia. Uh, was doing a lot of stand up. Um, met a girl, married a girl. You know, basically what everybody does. You know, I started doing stand up in 2010. I left my 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 teaching career, and then um, you know we we had the conversation, and she's like, I want to have a family, and um, so we tried for two years, you know, IUI, IUV and, uh, nothing worked. And long story short, uh, we just decided, I said, rather than going down this huge expensive line of fertility and clinics and let's just adopt. Like, I, I don't have, I've never had that, like desire to like further my line. Like, I don't (laughs) care at all. Like I have friends that are going to be like, but like, you're never gonna have a kid of your own. I'm like stupid. I have two kids of my own. They're over <laughs> there. Like they're the ones that are awesome. So like I never had that. So I, I talked to my wife about it and she was open. And yeah, two adopted kids later, we're we're super happy. And um, you know, uh, my wife still had her bikini body a day after we adopted both of our kids. Oh, so Jones. like yeah, that was right? She would go to like water workouts, like as a, as a mom. And she'd be like, yeah, I'm a new mom. I delivered eight days ago and she's in a bikini. And I'm like, like, why would you (laughs) say that? Like there's women that like, they had a cesarean and they've been like not eating and like breastfeeding and trying to lose that weight. And here you come moseying in and you're like, Oh yeah, me. No. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, (laughs) Okay, but that's like that's like how women can be like, you know, like, oh, yes, this is this is all me. And I'm like, you have a black kid. okay they're going to know it's not yours. Like, like immediately, like, stop, stop being mean, like tell them the whole story. But like, yeah, no, it's great. But I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I tell people in my stand up, it's autobiographical. I talk about my kids. I talk about my family. I talk about my wife. I talk about the adoption. I talk about the struggles. And there's two ways to look at it. You can laugh at it or you can get upset by it. And I I just chose from a very early time in my life, like not to let things get me upset. Like I, I choose to laugh and that's my personal opinion and not, it's not everyone's opinion. If you look at the comments on that video, it's not, but I, ch- I, you know, I tell people like, I challenge you to look at my kids, how well adjusted they are and how amazing, they're just awesome kids. And you know, I'm like, worry about your kids. Like my, my adopted kids are fine. Like they know, you know, my daughter knows she's adopted. We talk about it. We're very open. She knows she has a birth mother. Um and we, you know, we talk about her and it's just you know, I ch- I choose to laugh at it. I choose to talk about the stupid things that people say when you have an adopted child and and I I make a living doing it. And so, yeah,
0: I love that. And so what, and you, you touched on something that's the funniest thing to me, especially. So, I mean, both of my adopted kids are white. And so theoretically okay. we could be one of those jerks that doesn't tell their kids until they're way older that they're adopted, but we're not going to do that. But my favorite thing yeah. is my friends that have kids of other, uh, of other races. And they're like, when are you going to tell them? And yeah. my
1: friends are always like, tell- what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, like from a very early age, we had we had books about adoption and like we just we, my my wife is a teacher. Like I was a teacher. My parents are educators. So like, I mean, it sounds silly, but like we just weren't dumb about it. Like we knew there were going to be issues. And so we went in and we armed ourselves with knowledge. We got books. We went to lectures like we read you know, studies on the internet. And so we decided between the two of us that early on, we were just going to be as open and as honest as we could. And when there was a, a legitimate question, we would give an honest and legitimate and educated answer. And, you know, we talked about our daughter, Ella having beautiful brown skin and some people in your family have white skin and some people have beautiful brown skin. And all that matters at the end of the day is that everybody loves each other and we're a family. And that's all she needed for a number of years. And then one day we were coming home and um, she asked from the back of the seat, she goes, mom and dad, how come I have beautiful brown skin and you have beautiful white skin? And like, I looked at my wife, and I was like, "We have prepared for this. <laughs> we are ready. We've been we training. like we're like air high five And I'm like, "I got this." And I was, and we we gave her like, "Well, pumpkin," because sometimes all families are different. Sometimes you have family members that look a little bit different from only other family members, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we're all part of a family, and and just because your family is a little bit different doesn't mean it's uh, any better or any worse than anybody's. Family and we love you, and we're your family, and you have another family um, that loves you very much too. And textbook answer, and then there was this long pause, and she goes, "Yeah, that's good. Do you have any more of those skittles up there?" And we were like, "Awesome, good, good, good thing we we worked really hard on that question," because she just heard it and she went, "Okay, um, whatever, that's fine. Then the skittles, let's go." Um, so yeah, I mean, and we know there's going to be more of that, but, um, we, we, we've told her from a very early age that, you know, you are adopted and what does that mean? And it just means you look a little bit different, but I'm your daddy and she's your mommy and we're not going anywhere. And just cause we look a little bit different doesn't mean that, you know, we, we love you any less. And, um, and she's okay with that. Like that she's super fine with that.
0: That's so cool. So how old is she now?
1: So Ella just turned five in, in July, and uh, we have Xander who turned seven months um, and uh, on, the, on the 21st of June. So uh, we have two uh, adopted kids. Uh, both um, are, are black. Uh, they were both from the United States, adopted domestically. One was adopted in New York. One was adopted in, um, like, Calverton, Maryland. So, yeah, they're both U.S. citizens. They're both, you know— we have contact with, uh, we did it through an agency. Uh, so yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's really, I was, I was asking how old she is because I mean, I'm assuming that she's getting to the age where she's going to learn what you do for a living and know just that, that this is, that this is okay to talk about. And I imagine that that really helps her with this, this incredibly, I don't know, complicated thing that is adoption. And we, uh, it it's complicated but in our homes we can totally simplify it and i love that you're taking so much of the pressure off by by making jokes about it and i think that that is totally appropriate because you're saying like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with this of course we're going to joke around yeah. and have fun with this because it's normal
1: what you what you do is when you allow someone else to control the narrative and you say like oh that's taboo or oh that's faux pas or oh that's not conventional you give power behind that and I I told my wife from a very early age when we started talking about adoption, I said, like, we might have a child that doesn't look like us, but they are never going to feel like they are not one of us. And the one of the best ways I know how to include people into what I do is I joke with them. Because laughter is universal, you know, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, like, An African person laughs the same as a Chinese person, as a Japanese person, as a South American person, as a Canadian, as an American. I mean, we all laugh the same and I include people um, who are my friends. And I tell you, like, if I like you, if we're buds, we joke around. If I don't like you, I'm not joking with you because I'm not sharing that part of my experience with you because I might not know where you draw the line, what you think is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And I don't want to say anything that could upset you. So I just don't do it. And so I always tell like my wife, I said, like, we will laugh a lot in our families. We will laugh at ourselves. We will laugh at our situations. But through that laughter, we will become a tighter knit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we we've talked about it from day one.
0: I love that. And I, I mean your kids yeah. are gonna love that too. And um I love that you're setting that example, especially since you have such a big platform that you can normalize it and you can say this is this is like how we do things in the normal in in the modern yeah. age. Because I know that even in, you know, the eighties and nineties, you know, that was like something you just didn't talk about. And I I yeah. love that people like you are able to use your platform to say things are changing. We're gonna do it this way now. Yeah.
1: Um, I talk about in my in my late night show when I do an adult show, I talk about the infertility and about how I had surgery to fix the problem. Okay. Uh, you know, if we're going to get technical, it was a a varicose vein on my left testicle. They thought was closing the vas deferens tube and not letting any of my boys out, you know? So we had that surgery and, um, it didn't work. And you don't hear that a lot. Most of the time when people have a surgery, they go, oh yeah, they fixed it. It was great. And then we got pregnant. I was one of those people where it didn't work. Um, and so I talk about that on stage about how I struggled with depression and, and the, the feeling that I wasn't adequate enough. And, and we would go to parties with friends that had been married less than us. And they had two kids and we were the only one without kids and how terrible we felt. But I, I do it as a joke and I make jokes about it. And I had so many people come up to me after shows and go, we're in the middle of this right now.
0: Mm. You
1: were literally we felt like you were doing a show for us about our situation. We thought we were the only ones. And I'm like, you're not the only ones. There's tens of thousands of people out there that are going through fertility issues, infertility issues, all types of pregnancy things, miscarriages. And you need to know that it's, it's, you're not alone. And and the more and more people talk about it, the more and more it doesn't become taboo. And then when, Uh, you know, a woman has a miscarriage or something and she goes back to work and she feels terrible. There are other people that have a network that go, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. That's just, it happened. Let's grieve and move on, you know, and, 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 and it's going to happen next time. And, And I think by taking away some of that stereotype, that stigma, you, you make it a little bit easier. You know what I'm saying? And if I can just talk about my experience and make another man feel like he's not broken inside, then that's, that's fine. And if I can get other people to laugh at it too, then great. Like that's fine with me, you know?
0: Yeah. And I love that. And, and, you know, so first of all, all of your stuff is funny. Uh, I'll just throw that out there. Not just the bit that we're talking about, but that brings us to the bit that, that, that I saw you on first and it, it covers something that every single adoptive family deals with, which is completely inappropriate comments just on
1: oh all the time.
0: Right. And especially, I mean, you, especially since your kids are black, but it's just like, what do you even respond? And I love that you're like, I will tell you how you respond.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I tell people all the time, like, and I have, I have it's all, there's only two ways. There's people who are honestly misinformed and are trying to ask a question but they don't know how to ask it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's A. And then there's B, which is people who are totally inept to anybody else's emotions or feelings, and they're curious because of their own, I don't want to say stupidity, but I would say ignorance. Like, mm-hmm. they don't know how to ask a tactful question. So what they ask is something super inappropriate, like, We've been in the grocery line and someone asked us like, well, is your daughter going to speak American or is she going to speak African? And I was like, first of all, you're an idiot because (laughs) neither of those things is a language like it's American isn't a language and African isn't a language. So like already I know that whatever I say to you is not going to make any sense. Um, Hashtag make America great again. Anyway, um... So I go well. Here's what you're you're asking. I think is she going to speak English or is she going to speak some form of like Swahili or something African like that? I go or, yeah. Well, you're, yeah. You're you're making an assumption that she's from Africa, which she's not. She's from Maryland. So <laughs> yeah, she's going to speak English. And if she spoke Swahili, that would be awesome. But I would be shocked too. I mean, I don't get me wrong. If she speaks fluent Swahili someone sneaking into our house at night teaching her because it's not up but let's like, yeah, no, like she's going to speak English because that's what we speak, but I get what you're saying. Okay. Um, and then there's the people that just ask stupid questions. Um, we, I, I say it in my show that there was a woman in my hometown at a nursing home that asked, how come you didn't get a white baby? And I just, it just came out. I said, oh, it's because we got her after Labor Day and you can't do anything white after Labor Day. (laughs) And like, that's a fashion joke that she didn't get. She was like, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, no, it doesn't. Like, um, you know, uh, we had someone ask about our child. They go, does he look like his father? And I said, you know, it's been so long since we've kidnapped him. I can't even remember, you know, <laughs> but they don't get it. Like, they're like, they, they just ask like silly, like, how'd you get them? And I said, the normal way, you know, with Skittles in a big net, you know, like <laughs> people don't like, they don't. And again, some people are trying to ask a sophisticated question. It's the way that you ask it. And nine times out of 10, believe it or not it's not done in a tactful way. Like, I feel like there's people who sometimes are just trying to be rude or don't know how to not ask a rude question. And either way, it's both annoying to me. I'm like, it's 2019. You're an adult. You should know how to not ask a stupid question. Right. Well, and I feel like
0: what, I mean, in the, in the age of information where things are so much more accessible than they used to be, I am appalled that people, even feel awkward asking questions anymore, because I mean, especially for me, I obviously host a I host a podcast, like I'm a pretty open book, you're clearly a pretty open book, too. So I'm like, if you yeah. want to ask, just ask.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also tell people like, you would never go up to like, a banker, or like a person that sells cars. And you would never be like, hey, you ever stolen a car? Like, you ever take some money out of it? like, you would just assume that they're a professional, and they would never do that. Right. You would never ask that, you know? Um, but when people see a person with a child that doesn't look like them for some reason, there's a gut instinct and people think like, oh yeah, I can ask them about that. And even if it's a little inappropriate, like they have to answer. And I'm like, yeah, we don't, we don't have to answer at all. But I try to be an ambassador to this amazing thing that's changed our lives. And I'll say, you know, okay, like just so you know, that was kind of a little inappropriate, but it's okay. Like I'm going to give you a mulligan and <laughs> and here's the answer, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, but we, it, it doesn't, I thought it would end at some point and it doesn't like you'll, you'll always have someone that will say something, Super inappropriate, you know.
0: Yeah, well, and I got to know the answer, uh, your or your answer to a question. I'm sure you get because every adoptive family gets this when people say, "Are you ever going to have kids of your own?"
1: So this is what. Well, I mean i i have a I have a dirty joke for that. I have a (laughs) dirty response just because it's incredibly inappropriate, (laughs) and it makes people like you see them get like really, really nervous and I'm not gonna say it. Like I'll tell you I'll I'll tell you over email
0: later. <laughs> okay, but thanks.
1: like I, I it's just I mean I'm sure they're very good people that tune into this podcast. They don't want to hear this, you know, filth, but whatever. But um, I do want to hear it yeah let me know. Okay. So you know they are you ever gonna have kids of your own? And I tell them, I go, look, like I have two kids of my own. They're a hundred percent my kids. I don't look at them and think, well those aren't my kids. Like they're 110% my kid. One of them, Ella is hysterical. She's going to be a comedian. And my wife hates us because of that. Okay. (laughs) Like we are like a tag team punchline and like, yeah, it's the whole nature versus nurture. Like she's genetically 0% of me. Okay. That's a scientific fact, but I have raised her in a home full of love and support and Everything, and she's picked up on my little quirky nuances and the things that I do and my mannerisms. She's a hundred percent my kid. Mm -hmm. So I tell people, you know, are we going to have kids of our own? And I joke around and go, no, because I don't think I'd like them as much as these kids. And it's true because, like, I love these kids. They're great. And I'm like, if I were to have a kid of my own, I. I'm like, what happens if it's like me? Like, I'm not always a likable, lovable guy. Like I can't have that. Um, so like, I, I go, no, like these kids are amazing. They're everything we wanted. And, uh, it's actually like, if you talk to my wife, it's a fear of mine mm. of like getting my wife pregnant. Now Like, we've tried <laughs> for over a decade. you know, we haven't used contraceptives since, you know, Obama was in office the first time. Like, Now that we have two kids and we're done, I'm like, we're done. I'm going to get a vasectomy just to make sure. And, like, I worry that, like, I'll come home from a Christmas party and, you know, I'll be drunk. And I'll be like, hey, I'll do that, like, funny, like, hey, what's up? And she'll be like, whatever, that's fine. Make it quick. And she'll get pregnant with twins. That's my fear is that we'll go from two kids to four kids and two of them will be like me and they'll be the crazy kids. And everyone will be like. Look at those awesome kids that they adopted. And then look at those monsters that are like his, like, that's my fear. They'll be like, wow, like that whole, wow. He, they really, no, that, that wasn't good at all. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I normally make a joke out of it, but it's, I'm happy. My wife and I, are, we're happy with, with our family. And um, I just can't imagine, no, I just can't imagine doing it. Adoption was such a fun thing and so great. I can't even imagine it. Yeah.
0: I love that. That's, and that, and I feel like a lot of people answer that way, just saying, I do have kids of my own, but I just know that that, that question can be so hurtful, especially for people who deal with infertility issues. And so, um, yeah, I, I thought about that when I was doing show prep and I was like, I've, I bet he has a hilarious answer to that question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's one that you hear all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the most common, I feel like, when people are asking inappropriate questions. And I can't even imagine having a kid that's a different race than you and just all the things that come. But again, I love that you get to put that in your show and you get to highlight those things in a funny way. So then next time, hopefully, someone will be like, well, I definitely don't want to be in his act. So (laughs) I'll just ask this nicely. (laughs) Hey guys, I just wanted to cut in here and remind you guys about another great and free way to support the show. And that is with all podcasters' favorite currency, iTunes Reviews. Once you take a couple minutes to write some lovely and adoring words about AMP, the Interwebs takes that and uses its magic and suggests the show to more people who want to hear stuff like this. To give me the gift of your words, hopefully alongside five lovely stars, you can do it within the app you're listening to, or in the Apple podcast app, or go to the adoptive mom podcast.com slash podcast and scroll down to the leave a review button. You can do this even if you're an Android user, I promise. Okay. Back to the show. Um, okay. So do you have time for some closing questions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it.
0: Awesome. Okay. So what do you wish you had known at the beginning
1: of all of this? So, I mean, I guess the hardest part of it all is just not knowing, mm-hmm. okay? Not knowing what it's going to be like in a year, what it's going to be like in six months, what it's going to be like in two years. So when my wife and I started talking adoption, um, you have to fill out a grid with our adop- both of our adoption agencies on things that you were okay with, you know? Like, are you okay with adopting a child that has a physical deformity? Are you okay with adopting a child who's who was the result of, of a rape? Are you okay adopting a child who, uh, is a different color skin pigment than you are? I mean, these are all real questions that we were asked through our agency. And I guess my, the thing that I wish that I would have known was that, um, everything is going to be all right. Like a kid is a kid is a kid. Like when you get that baby, it's still a baby. Like, it doesn't matter what color it is, or if it's a boy or a girl, or if it's missing a finger, or if it has a cleft palate, or if it has a, a tick. Like, that kid is an open book from the minute it's placed in your hands. You can make this child everything. You can make this child, you can give them the world. And you can, anything, if a child is born with a cleft palate, you, every insurance company in America has an option where you can get that cleft palate fixed for virtually nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean it's just it's standard. If you have a child that, you know, is miss is, is missing a finger, like every single sports YMCA youth, they have accommodations now for kids that have disabilities or so I mean, the world is becoming such an even playing ground. I wish that I would have known early not to be scared with those things. You know what I'm saying? I worried that if I had a child that didn't look just like me, I wasn't going to be able to be a good dad. Or if I had a child that had, uh, you know, a, you know, a cleft palate, or if, that I wasn't going to be able to protect them from the world like other dads could. Um, that had quote unquote, and I'm using this because this is not, you know, normal kids. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no such thing as a normal kid. I wish I knew that. I wish I knew that. Like if I could talk to me five years ago and go, look, man, just be there, smile, play dolls, you know, build blocks, cuddle, tell stories, read books, make her laugh. You're going to be fine. This is, this is, it's not rocket science, man. You're just a dad. It's not rocket science. That's what I wish I knew. Cause I stressed, like, I'm sure all dads did. What if, what if, what am I doing this wrong? What if I do this wrong? And I had a woman tell me this and it's, it's so rings true you know, I said, what happens if I'm, if I, if I'm not good enough, what happens if I'm not a good dad? And she said, let me tell you something, Lucas. Now she dealt with the, the foster care and she dealt with adoptions too. She goes on your worst day of being an adoptive father on your worst day when you're tired and you're short and you're just, you're, you know, you're not at your 110%. It's still better than any situation they would be in. If you weren't in their lives, hmm. that's what you have to take away. If they were still in the foster system, if they were still with, you know, God forbid, a family that, you know, didn't want them or couldn't take care of them or couldn't put the time and the energy into the child that they needed. They go on your worst day, Lucas, you, you're going to be better. Just remember that. Then, then the foster care, then, then an orphanage or an, ad- you know, cause we looked internationally too. And they just said, just remember on your worst day, you're their dad and that's all that matters. And that's still better than them not having a dad or not or, you know, not having that network, that support. So, yeah, I guess that's 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 what I would say.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing answer. I was like writing stuff down as you were talking. Um <laughs> yeah. I so I mean I always ask next what the best and worst ways that you felt supported by your people, your tribe, your community. I yep. feel like we've already talked about the worst ways, so what would you say yep. are the best ways?
1: So the best way so my wife is the rock of our system. I mean, she is everything. I travel a lot with my job and she single-handedly takes care of two kids, both under the age of 5. I mean, we lived in New York City, which was not easy. Public transportation, street parking. I mean, yeah, she's the rock. She was the person when I felt I couldn't handle it. She was the one that, you know, you put one foot in front of the other and you keep going. Um, you know, through the whole process, she she brought laughter into it, you know? I mean, I remember when we were doing um, IUI, I had to give her shots of hormone in her butt. And then they tell you, like, 12 hours later, you, you, you know, after you do the insemination, you got to have as much sex as you can. And I'm like, yeah, because nothing puts a girl in the mood like a 13 gauge needle in each butt cheek. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't a woman be like, well, now let's jump in bed. Like, no. And she would say things like, you know, like, Oh great. You know, this is going to put me in. And it just, it lightened the mood. It lightened everything uh, because I was nervous and she was nervous. And, and then my, my parents and her parents were great. I mean, we came from a very, they're all teachers. We came from a very supportive group of educators that knew that we'd struggled for a while and they were on board when we said we're adopting, they open armed, loved us and supported us. And my parents were great. All my mom ever wanted to do was be a grandma. And she was like, I don't care if I have black babies, brown babies, polka dot babies, pink babies, striped babies. I just want grandbabies to love on and I will love whoever you have. And um, and they did. I mean, it's they they treat these kids are their their kids. I mean, 100 percent. And they don't see. I mean, I, it sounds silly like they don't see color, but like they don't. They're just kind of like Ella's a great kid. Xander's a great kid. They don't say you know, like Ella is a great black kid. No, it's just, she's a great kid. Cause that's, that's their kid. So, yeah,
0: I love that. That's yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's totally how it should be. Um, yeah. so just to close it out, you know, if you had one encouragement and I'll have you, I'll have you speak directly to dads. So, I mean, I think that you've yeah. already given such a great answer in that, you know, a dad's a dad and it doesn't really matter, but if you could sum it all up in just one piece of advice or encouragement, what would you say?
1: I would say that don't keep a don't have a primitive mindset about your your role in this thing called life on this blue and green planet. You know, back millions of years ago, a man's role was to hunt, to provide, and to create, you know, to get a woman pregnant, and to protect the family. That is archaic, and a man's role has changed. You know, there are stay-at-home dads now, and there are women that, you know, are CEOs, and they make six figures, and that's okay. Um, your your job, if if it is your calling to be a father, be a dad any way you can, man. Just if it's the natural way where you just happen to get your wife pregnant, good on you, awesome. If it, if you have to do, you know, fertility treatments, IUI, IUV, if that's what you want to do, do it. If you want to adopt and be a dad, do it. I, I would just say, don't get caught up in what you think everybody else should have you do. What society norms should have you do? Do what makes you happy, and do what makes your family happy, and do what makes you a family. and And that's that was our attitude. I I told my wife, we're going to be a family, no matter what. Like, they might not, we might not look like a traditional family. <laughs> We, we definitely won't act like a traditional family, <laughs> but like, we're going to be a family. There's going to be people that look at us that aren't in our tribe, that aren't in our circle. And they're going to go, yeah, those kids are, those kids are some lucky kids. And then we're going to say, no, we're the lucky ones because, because mm-hmm. they made us a family. So I would just say, go out there and make it happen. There is no right or wrong way. There's just at the end of the day, are you a happy family? And if you're a happy family and you all look different, great. And if you're a happy family and you all look the same, awesome. But I would just say don't let other guys and societal norms mess up what you think you should do. You know, if you want to be a dad, be a dad. And there's millions of ways to do it. Um, but just find the one that works for you and, and go do it. I mean, that, that's what we did. I mean, we, we tried all of the ways regular fertility. I had surgery. We did the shots. We did, we did everything and we found our way through adoption. And I wouldn't, I literally can't imagine my life any other way. I can't imagine what it would be like to have like my wife get pregnant and I I just, I can't, I can't do it because our life was a different path and it was so awesome. Yeah. And last but not least, I would say Anything that was bad in our journey is eclipsed by the moment you hold this child in your hand the first time. Mm -hmm. The moment you hold this baby, you're going to go, oh, it it wasn't that bad. Like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't great, but you have this kid now and it's over. And that's what I tell people. Like, people always ask, like, how was it? Yeah, it sucked going through the fertility problems in the surgery and going to the parties when we're the only people there without kids. And, you know, it's a it, baptism. It's terrible. It's the worst in the world. But when you get that child, you forget all of it. It becomes a moot point And you go, oh, I, okay, yeah, you know what? It sucks, but I don't even want to talk about it because I'm here and now. Like, I'm living in the moment. So, yeah. That's
0: what I would say. That's some good stuff, Lucas. So I I got to share with my listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you and see all of your hilarious stuff, not just the adoption stuff. Although that, I mean, I feel like that's my favorite, obviously, but.
1: Yeah. Well, tell them to like my Facebook page because I do have Instagram, but I'm not a 12 year old girl, so I'm never on it. Okay. (laughs) So find me on Facebook (laughs) and um, come see a show. And I, I just tell people all my social media, like, I have my kids in social media. I have pictures of my family up. It's something that I've made into an open book. And I tell people, like, my life is an open book. That's all comedy is, is you talk about things that are real, and you try to create a bridge so that you can gap the difference between my situation. And I'm like, you are. like, So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an open book. So, yeah, find me, reach out, uh, come see a show. If you If you come to a show, come up and say hey and say you heard me on – Uh, the adoption podcast. And and I'll come back if you want to do it again. We'll bring my wife on and she'll probably tell you that everything I said here is total and utter bullcrap and I made it all (laughs) up and it's not true. And no, it is true. But, um, yeah. And, and, and she's a bevy of information as well. She did so much research and such a, a role model, but yeah, I mean, um, thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. And you can find a lot of your specials on YouTube too, right? To see the full videos.
1: YouTube, uh, dry bar comedy. You can go to my website. I have my Facebook page has a bunch of videos on it too. So yeah. Perfect.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And I know you are like signing off here to go
1: do a full set, right? Signing off to go do a full show in Colorado. You got it. Awesome.
0: Hey, have a good night. Have a good set.
1: Thank you so much. I'll see you then. Thanks a lot guys.
0: You're about to hear a clip from this week's episode of AMP Plus, the weekly bonus show just for Team AMP the family of Patreon supporters. Now, if you are wondering what a Patreon supporter is, it is these amazing people who really believe in what we're doing here at the Adoptive Mom Podcast and have stepped up to the plate and pledged their actual money starting at $5 a month to keep the show rolling. In exchange, they get some awesome perks, including the weekly bonus show with me, which is what you're about to hear. Charlie Chaplin once said, to truly laugh, you must be able to take your pain and play with it. And research confirms that when we can joke or be lighthearted about something that may be a bit painful, it takes the stigma of darkness and taboo from it. And it shines a new light on the issue. When we're talking about our kid's situation, whether that be abuse or just the fact that they are adopted, we can free up the conversation by relieving the tension. Our kids will know that communication is open by how we treat different topics. And experts, while warning us that we should obviously use plenty of discretion, advise us to make things feel like less of a big deal while, of course, honoring their pain whenever possible. Humor can also heal our physical bodies as well. It has a lot to do with hormones, but when we laugh, even if we're not actually happy, surprisingly, our bodies will release those hormones and relieve stress, boost our immune systems, and even relieve physical pain. Think about how much of us is affected by those things. Stress causes problems in our gut, it can create ulcers, and it sends messages to our brain that put our bodies in defense mode against perceived danger. Boosting our immune system has obvious perks, and relieving physical pain can free our kids up to do normal things like learn and play and free us to do normal people things like parenting kids and feeling like a normal human being capable of doing laundry and returning texts apparently the writer of proverbs seventeen twenty two knew what he or she but let's be honest probably he was talking about a cheerful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones Thank you so much for listening to the adoptive mom podcast. I hope you found encouragement here. I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job. We are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on. Don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at the adoptive mom Thanks for joining us.